Holy, we back in the building, people. Mm, 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 mm. Back at the home studio. Top of the week. How we feeling? Hey. I told you I'm about to get sturdy this summer. Hey. I got like three moves. I know how to switch it up. Hey. Whoa. Hey. Yo, listen, man. I'm about to get sturdy. I'm back in the home studio. Bar in the back. We about to get some bartenders. Not paying y'all, though. We cooling. I'm the whole director. I control the whole thing myself. Look at this shit. Ah! <laughs> Y'all mad. <laughs> Let's get it. Having fun, man. These are the most fun episodes to me. Turn up pot smoke. Rest in peace. Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. Yo. Matter of fact. Let me cut real quick. Let me cut real quick. Ooh, watch this. Chopper. Hey. I got applauses. I got everything. I got everything. Check the production value I got up on this joint. Now, let me tell y'all this. First and foremost, let me switch camera angles real quick. Holy. Holy. Number one. I just want to say, um, unfortunately... The only hope, which is very sad, that New York City has any type of energy and comes, quote, unquote, comes back. I don't even think we need to say that anymore. Because pop was going to be a force. Rest in peace, pop smoke. Unfortunately, the new wave, I want to say unfortunately because, you know, niggas is eating off of it. But honestly, it's this Brooklyn drill shit, this Bronx drill shit, I mean. You know, so again, this is the new wave of New York, and I think that's the only way if we get a star out of that. I think K-Flock was one, but unfortunately got locked up. I think that's going to be the new wave of New York. But I do want to talk about something real quick. And as we get into the top of the week, man, I'm kind of wondering, because, you know, I cover rap for, like, you know, that's, that's my job. That's my livelihood. And... I want to give you a story real quick. So, you know, Spotify, salute to them. Y'all see the Spotify logo over there. You know what I mean? Thank you for this nice little book. I love Spotify. So, while we were doing, like, some little promo shoots, they came through, like, yo, I actually want to promote you to center. And I'm like, yo, what's the problem? Come through, you know what I mean? Promote your boy. They came through with their little promo shoot, right? So, in one of the promo shoots, they were like, yo, we're going to, like, just throw you some, like, you know what I mean, talking points. You just kind of, like, you know, whatever, just riff, and we'll make it into something. And, you know, it was kind of a little bit dry, if you ask me, because, you know, like, it wasn't real. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like talking about things within a vacuum. But one of the things we talked about right now is when I could actually speak about it. So we talked about something called, it was like dichotomy of a rap beef. And I got to tell everybody who's watching this right now, I want you to be honest with yourself, and I want you to really communicate with me. This is what rap beef does to the industry. And by the way, this is why rap beef is important. Now, let me put that in a caveat. Nobody wants people to die. Nobody wants violence. Nobody wants the negative effects that come along with rap beef. We've seen it. Rest in peace, Tupac, Biggie. Rest in peace. You know, I don't want to mention certain other names because we don't know if it was rap beef that led to their demise. But rest in peace, Young Dolph. Rest in peace, Mo3. Rest in peace, King Vaughn. But what I'm trying to tell you, this is where what rap beef does. Rap beef is so electrifying 
it's basically high school and you see the fight start in the motherfucking cafeteria. It sucks the air out of everything else going on. Let me give you an example right now. And I want you to be honest with yourselves. Because we're going to look at all sides of this. Currently, young boy and little Dirk have sucked the entire air, the entire energy out of rap music. Unless we're talking Kanye. Let's be honest. Y'all want to be honest with that? I can tell y'all that. That's, that's happening. Right now, if you're not talking Dirk, if you're not talking young boy, if you're not talking their conflict, you're probably not talking shit. That's what rap beef does. I could go back, even though, you know, again, it, and some people, they usually think, just because the benefits of sometimes rap beef, people think rap beef is fake. Like, I have people tell me, like, yo, y'all think this young boy and Dirk shit is fake? No, they're both just smart. Now, hopefully they don't run into each other. Hopefully nobody dies. And usually what happens with rap beef, it's not the main niggas that get caught up. Young boy's in Utah, house arrest. Mad security around him. Who's going to get to him? How? You let me know. <laughs> He's on federal house arrest. He's probably going to maybe do some time. Lil Dirk rolls around with a million niggas. Bulletproof vehicles. Secret service. Aliens with all type of fucking like, you know, futuristic guns. You're not going to catch him lacking. But it's usually the other people who can't afford that lifestyle. So there are definitely costs to it. But while everybody... You know, we get outraged and we, we like, you know, you know, I always, they always throw me into it. Yo, ask the instigator. Do you know, let's think about money. We got to break down money because, listen, for anything, let's think about how the feds move. When the feds is trying to figure out the drug trade, when they're trying to figure out all these crime organizations, they follow the money. The money's going to lead you to the top. The person who's getting the most of the money usually pulls most of the strings. Young boy and little Dirk are beefing. Nobody cares about nobody, uh, nobody else. Your favorite rapper, who you think is out, nobody cares about them. Unless you're Kanye. Kanye. It's, it's yay. I'm sorry, it's yay. The point what I'm trying to tell y'all is this. There is a vacuum created by this young boy and little Dirk situation. Where the baby is swallowed up into it. It's all about is the baby picking size. The baby got a million different things going on by himself. But now he's in this beef. Look at everybody who young boy dissed on that song. Gucci. Boosie. Baby. Little baby, that is. Everybody's now in this Dirk young boy conflict. Now, you know, when I get dragged for like, oh, I could instigate it. Really, think about who's really winning. The motherfuckers who are beefing are putting out, uh, putting out music at a rapid pace. They're not going out in the streets and shooting each other at a rapid pace. They're putting out music. Young boys just dropped a fucking joint project with the baby last week. And he announced that he's dropping an album in two weeks. Lil Dirk is dropping a project. This Friday. Vaughn just dropped a project. Even though we're going to get to the, the, the Vaughn stuff too. Vaughn just dropped a project. 
last week. It's all about Dirk Vaughn, young boy, young boy affiliates. We just got to be honest about it. Now, the negative side effects that comes with it is exactly what we hope gets avoided, but it's kind of like when niggas get into the drug trade in the hood. Everybody sees American gangster, but nobody wants to stay in the game long enough that the end of the movie, where they catch you, where they block off both sides of the streets, where they pull you out of church and they lock you up, and now you're in the position of saying life or cooperate, nobody wants to get to that part. Everyone wants to get out right before. It's the same with rap beef. I know people might say, yo, act no, you're the it's who do you think is really winning off this Dirk and Young Boy beef? The labels that signed them. Dirk and Young Boy. It's free promo. Nobody cares about nothing else. We want to hear what one side said. We want to hear what the other side responded. That's the fact. I'm sorry to tell y'all. So I'm watching this whole thing, and they have sucked the breath, the air out of rap. I'm sorry. Right now, if you're not on that type of timing, we don't want to hear you. It's a Dirk young boy conversation. We've seen this before. 6 9 trippy. Remember, niggas thought that was fake. You know why they thought it was fake? They were signed to the same label. I remember talking to the nigga who ran the label. Salute to my guy. I don't even call his name. You know what he said? He said, oh, my God. He said, act. If only these two niggas could actually understand and tolerate each other, I'd put both of them on tour. It'd be the young, no, no, it'd be the Trippy Red versus 6ix9ine tour. The point of what I'm trying to make with saying all this is that there's a lot of ways you can look at rap beef. But from the history of time, rap beef has ex been exploited. Conflicts has been exploited. Issues among black men have been exploited for profit, personal gain, lot of financial gain, clout. All these things that you might think isn't worth the worst or some of the side effects that come along with it. What comes along with it? Death. What comes along with it? Incarceration. But look at it right now. I just looked up. I posted on my Instagram. I know y'all like to blame just the rap media. But there's billboards in Louisiana. Only Louisiana. That's from the reports I'm getting. That say... Dirk better. Everybody knows YB better. Dirk got an album coming out. You want to excite and, and incite that fan base. You want to keep that whatever going on. Putting Dirk better billboards in Louisiana. You did it. It leads me to go back in time, right? And let's just get in the fucking, you know, uh, uh, the time machine and go back. When you think about even the East Coast, West Coast, like rivalry or whatever the case is, you know, of course, people look at it in hindsight because there were rappers who died in it. But let's not be naive and think we're reinventing the wheel and not just be honest. The amount of motherfuckers who benefited from it. This is happening within many different genres, many different cultures. It's not only unique to hip-hop. 
Unfortunately, what I will say, though, it seems that it is it seems more unique to black people, at least with music. Jamaica country, which I was born in. Our native music is reggae dancehall. In dancehall, it's all about rivalries. It's about clashing. It's about competition. It's about beefing. You can go back to an artist named Alkaline, Alkaline Vibes Cartel. Alkaline Popcorn. Popcorn. No, no. Well, uh, Vibes Cartel, Movado. Really huge. They were the only two artists that mattered. They shut everybody out. Beanie Man, Bounty Killer. Conflict is what's really... It's really something that stops everybody and gets their attention. And right now, I'm telling you where the industry is at right now. If you a mid-tier rapper and not like a top-tier, just A-lister like a Kendrick, who could drop whenever the fuck you want to drop, you are at the mercy of the games, the gimmicks, the plays, the plots, all the BS that's being done by NBA Youngboy and Lil Durk. First thing they're going to ask you, you picking us out? Second thing they're going to ask you, who you collaborating with? Then you're seeing these guys, again, their conflict, as of now, and, and this is a good thing, one's on house arrest. It's all just playing out through music. One drops a song, the next, next one drops a song two days later. By the way, they love to blame me. You, you know how they love to blame me? When Youngboy dropped his song, Dissing the Dead, Dissing People's uh, um, Mothers, Fathers, Baby Mothers. Guess where that was playlisted or trending on YouTube? Number one. When Gucci responded to Youngboy, what did Gucci team want everybody to know? They were trending. Number one, when Dirk initially kicked it off with a ha-ha record, what was he trending? Number one. Now, you might not understand this, like, trending number one thing. On YouTube, being trending is being promoted. It's like being on the charts. It's like being on a playlist. So you get to realize that everybody eats when there's beef. Everybody eats. It's like vultures, everybody. From the top down, the labels are making money and they don't have to spend a dime in marketing and promotion. You're watching the artists who are now getting more attention than they would normally get. Not that they don't have attention at all. That they would normally get, they weren't beefing. Media outlets are more lit. You have... DSPs who they act like they don't want to acknowledge it. But you're gonna put you're gonna put you're gonna put uh King Vaughn's face as the face of the playlist, but the number one song is a young boy song. We could act like it's coincidence, but it's all fueling it. In reality, and I and I listened to um an interview that uh Dame Dash did with uh 
He did with Shannon Sharp. Salute to my man Shannon Sharp. And he said, listen, beef is really, you know, it's encouraged by the algorithms. And I thought that was a very fair outlook. I wouldn't call the DSPs bad people. The only people I would probably say, mm, I can't, I don't even know if I could call a record label a bad person for just profiting off some shit that's already going on. They ain't started. Should they not make money off of it? The point is, what he said is that the algorithms promote and love when there's conflict. They love when there's beef. They love when people are going at it. And that's a fact. Could you blame the people who fall within these systems of these algorithms who then profit off of it? Whether it be the record label, whether it be the artist, whether it be a media outlet, whether it be anybody. That's the point I'm trying to say. So as I'm watching right now, I just want everybody to be very cognizant. Young boy Dirk, they've sucked the air out of the industry. Nobody give a fuck about nothing else unless you're a superstar in this game right now doing some shit. Nobody cares about what you're doing right now. It's about Dirk, young boy. And by the way, everybody's going to act like, oh, my God, this and third. If the issues with them were so serious beyond music, they wouldn't be dissing each other every single day on social media and music. They know what the benefits are. I always resent the people who act like everybody else's kids, except the people profiting. When there's beef, TMZ profits. When there's beef, my outlet profits. When there's beef, everybody profits. But nobody wants to really like take, take accountability. Because we all talk about what's trending. But you know what's going to be trending a little bit more than everything else? Beef. Beef does it, beef does it and death does it, unfortunately. Well, you think these artists are not like cognizant of knowing this? And by the way, we're not talking about kids. I've always said this. These artists... To put in perspective, and we're going to talk about some record deals later on. These artists are getting like tens of millions of dollars. These artists are not like some like, you know, broke ass motherfuckers just trying to make it. These things are willingly showing up to a record label's office, signing their life away, signing their masters away, all their rights away. $10 million, $15 million. And when they do that, the music that they make is music that encourages death, murder, beefing, because they know that's what's going to get them the next bag. You can't really take a side. I always say everybody has a little bit of shared accountability. But there's a couple like, you know, there's a couple like weirdos that's always in the game who, you know, they, you know, to use a, a, a phrase that, you know, my man Wackwell Hunter always says, they like the selective politics. So they, they'll put blame to two people, but everybody else is cool. They'll be like, ah, the rappers, they don't know what's going on. Listen, since when the rappers who are rapping the shit, who are making up all the terminology, they, I ain't gonna lie to you, I would even know what Tuka was if I didn't hear drill music. <laughs> They still rapping about it today. 
So the rappers are not without fault. They're the people that usually start the trend of clowning somebody because they died. Smoking on so-and-so came from most of the music. It just sounded good. But these rappers gave it meaning. Anyway, I don't want to get into the same spiel I usually get, get into. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I'm just showing you how the power of what rap beef is. And this is why labels sit back. This is why everybody sits back and they watch this shit happen. But here's the thing. There's a point that sometimes you get to where two forces collide. And when two forces collide, we're left playing Monday morning quarterback trying to place blame. And usually people don't want to blame the rappers themselves. Why the fuck are you, uh, why, why are you worth tens of millions of dollars rapping about some, some other beef you got in the hood? You don't even live in the hood anymore. Why are you doing that? For profit. So, as I said, blame is to be shared, but, you know, um, I could get into that in more depth at another day, okay? I will say, though, um, in thinking about the tapes that got dropped recently, and we're going to talk about record deals a little bit. And let me see if I can put this on the screen real quickly. Here we go. Here we go, people. Here we go. Okay, so the baby, you know, he did this project with um, Young Boy. It's called Better Than You, and um, he put up this caption right here. He said, uh, listen, and I'll just keep it right here on the screen. He says, y'all keep running up that mixtape me and YB made in two days and got $2.000,000 for that got these niggas in a frenzy. And he says, relax. Now, I'm going to tell you why this is important to me. I'm not getting back into the beef stuff, but it's about the numbers, right? The baby basically admitted what the, 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 the we've always said, like, yo, future and Drake, that's just, you know, that's a bag grab. You just, they're not really locking in. They're just trying to get it back. The baby confirmed we did this shit in two days and we got $2.5 million. Now, I'm going to assume that's each because if it's 2.5 cumulatively, I don't know. Like, you know, again, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on, say, 1.25 each, but it's like some of the numbers I'm hearing thrown around in music now, it's like it's making me concerned because I'm like, I feel like you guys could be valued more. Keep in mind, the baby usually sells over 100,000 on his own, on an album. Young boy usually sells over 100,000 on his own, on an album. So now you're 2.5, I'm like, Kind of seems a little bit low. Now, to put it in perspective, and let's see if I could do this in real time. I'm going to try to do this in real time. Um, and by the way, Trippy wanted to get on here. And, and, and Trippy, by the way, Trippy, I've been trying to get you on off the record. We're going to do all this live. We're not cutting nothing. I've been trying to get Trippy on off the record, and um, I'm not going to lie. Trippy canceled on me. That's a fact. Trippy absolutely canceled on me. But here. Trippy posted something that said, I just signed to Elliot, which is the same guy who signed 6ix9ine, for $30 million. Now it's time to start dropping, uh, I think it's a love letter to you, five songs. Now, Trippy is, is an artist that usually goes about gold with his album or platinum, right? Sells about like, you know, well, I would say like sixty to 80000 first week. This young boy project is about to sell, this young boy and the baby project is about to sell like 30, 35. I'm, granted, there's not much promo. 
I haven't seen billboards. I don't see them working radio. So it's kind of just off the hype. But this led me to think with Trippy saying 30 million. And by the way, he clarified because somebody else said, yo, you're probably locked in for 10 years. He says, nigga, nah, three albums for three years. You know, I've always thought about like, you know, older artists. Older rappers, and I remember Method Man said it. I'm not, and I don't think Method Man's a hater or not like that, but Method Man said this. He was like, yo, how are these rappers getting all this fucking money? How are they always on private jets? I don't think that rappers of the past, and by the way, I do think Method Man has made a ton of money. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about, you know, really like older rappers. Maybe rappers that didn't, wasn't as successful as Method Man or didn't have the longevity. I don't think they realized that. The rap game, the money has increased. And, and I'm going to compare it to the NBA. Like, Russell Westbrook right now is making $44 million this year. I remember a time when Shaq was getting $30 million for, for like one of his last years, and that was thought to be so much. Russell Westbrook is getting like $44 million this year, and it's just like, oh, it's kind of normal. Damian Litter signed like a $191 million contract. I believe um, Steph Curry signed like 200 and something. If you look at some of the, if, if you look at the career earnings of like a Scottie Pippen, I don't think, and I could probably look it up right now. Let's look it up while we're live. Scottie Pippen career earnings. Look, it already says it. Make sure I can see it. $109 million. $109 million, how, how, how many years did he play? God damn. From 90, 1990 all the way to 2004, that's 14 years. Let's look at Steph Curry's. Now, now, granted, like, it's understand, like, Steph Curry's way better player than, you know, I mean, um, um, Pippen. That's not the point I'm trying to say, right? Steph Curry signed a five-year right here. I hope y'all can see it. Let me make sure I can see it. Steph Curry signed a five-year, $201 million contract with the Warriors. Here's the point I'm trying to make with, with even saying that. In five years, he's going to make double what Scottie Pippen made in 14 years. Now, granted, Steph Curry's an all-time player and definitely better than Pippen in my eyes. But really what that tells you is that there's just more money in basketball now. God, inflation, other shit. There's more money in it. Likewise, I'm saying there's more money in rap. There's much more money in rap. I'm not going to say streaming rates have gotten a little bit better when it comes to, like, you know, artists and center, but there's a lot more money in rap. And also, let's keep it real. These niggas are signing 360 deals. And the amount of money you could probably get, like, once these artists get lit, these artists are getting signed for, or, or they're getting booked for festivals that are paying them $100,000, like $100,000 used to be a huge deal in like 2000, in the 2000s for an A-list artist. Nowadays, you could be just like a guy who sells like 70, 80K and you, a festival wants you, they pay you 100K. That's just how it goes. So the point is that I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm doing this on the fly. I'm doing, on the, I'm doing this on the fly. So I'll go back to it. Okay. So 
I've been asking this question, and Trippy, to his credit, he wants to talk about this. Except Trippy, I want you to talk about this on the podcast. Don't just call my phone, trying to give me some info on the low. Trippy, I want you to get on here and we could talk. Because some people are believing in capping. $30 million, five years. You sell around sixty to 80000 every time you come out. We're going to do math. Six to eighty thousand in a year. In a year or two, you probably go platinum. Let's just say you sell three platinum records, three million copies. Okay, theoretically, three million copies would be thirty million dollars. But no label's gonna pay you if the label's getting thirty million for your projects. Why the fuck would they pay you thirty million? Now we got to think about singles and other things in the second third, but. I think the 30 million raises a question of where is all the money in music these days? Now, let me throw out some more numbers I've heard in the industry. NLE Chopper got $8 million supposedly for two albums or one album. I believe it was two from Warner. He had some situation with United Masters before. Got offered $8 million. That was considered big. We've seen Kanye leak his own contracts. Kanye contracts basically saying he was getting like you know advances of like three to four million dollars and granted it's not Kanye now and that's when he was in that contract with Def Jam but still it was like Kanye going into like I I believe like the 2010s so he's dropped My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy he's only getting that then so when you hear like a trippy red and just like just think about it get maybe 10 million dollars for an album you're like what? But I'm not going to say it's not true. I just want to see how the money's allocated these days. Here's the thing about the music business. It's constantly changing, right? And if you ask me, I think this has to be a 360 deal. $30 million for three albums. Trippy also said, which I don't have here, he said he was getting, he said he was getting, maybe I can find it. He said he was getting $350,000 a show. Let me see if I can find it real quick. He said he was getting three hundred fifty thousand a show, which you gotta you gotta choose if you want to believe it or not. I'm gonna be honest, okay? Let me see if I can find. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I might have not posted it. Okay, screw it. Regardless, it also brings up this list: the top ten earners last year. And I want to go through this list a little bit. Let's see if we we got any surprises. They got Tech Nine at tw- uh, at, at ten, doing twenty five million. Now, for a lot of people who might not um, know about Tech Nine, oh shit, my bad. <laughs> Tech Nine has been an independent artist for years. He has had a independent artist infrastructure. I think even like you know to his credit, like he's one of the dudes supposedly has. You know, when it when it was people were shipping CDs and shit like that, like he would just have a warehouse of shit and he would do everything himself. So he would cut out mad fees he would have to pay, he would cut out mad production costs. Pretty much he would get the bulk of the money because he was the label, he was doing most of the stuff. And and let's just say there was ten dollars an album. Let's say he's able to fucking keep like, I don't know, seven or eight of them. Also, when it came to touring, he did all his tours himself. He didn't rely on, like, a live nation. Maybe use their venues, but, like, 
he had his own tour and setup. Usually when the artist goes on tour, right? And, you know, I seen Kodak recently on Nelk, um, Salute to the Nelk Boys. He spoke on this. You're going to get paid less than a one-off because on tour, it's a whole production. You got to pay for them to transport all the equipment to every city. You got to pay for all this pyrotechnic shit. You got to pay for all these venues. Like, even if Live Nation is a part of it and gives you this, you got to pay for so much, you end up getting less than a one-off. You get me? However, you know, it's important to, like, you know, make and, and, and solidify your touring history because it's kind of like, you know, you're solidifying your fan base. But Tech 9 from what I've heard, he does a lot of that shit himself. Like, he's basically become, like, a warehouse for music and touring, which is dope. So I can see the 25 million. You're probably saying, I don't know one song by this motherfucker in the last year. How the fuck? I could see it. This is the thing about being independent. And this is why, like, you know, in reality, as much as I talk that flop talk, like, you know, I'm be like, yo, this nigga flop, this nigga flop. When you're, if you're moving like a tech nine, you probably don't even need to sell 100,000. You, you definitely don't need to sell 100,000 first week. Like, you sell 30, 40,000. Within a within one week, your shit's gonna continue to live, and then you just go on tour and you stay on tour for like forty weeks. You're gonna be making a shit ton of money. Now we got Doja Cat, who's also a ten, and Birdman, who's also a ten. People are always surprised by the Birdman thing. By the way, salute to Doja Cat. Doja Cat's on this shit too. Uh, I can see Doja Cat doing it easy. You know, I think Doja Cat has been. You know, she is. One of the selected. And when I say the selected, there are a few people that I believe the industry selects every year and they give all the big opportunities and the fucking, you know, the big bag situations. You get me? Doja Cat, I believe, is one of the chosen ones. Meg Thee Stallion, by the way, has been one of the chosen ones recently, too. Like, you know, it's, and we're not talking about talent this and third, but, you know, a lot of opportunities go to them. By the way, there was a time that I believe Cardi B was one of the chosen ones. Like, she was a chick who'd be like, oh, let's get her voice or let's get the little ratchetness like in motherfucking, you know, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Super Bowl videos. Like, you always, Travis Scott was one of the, like, hey, let's get Travis with a motherfucking, um, what do you call it again? Uh, 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 a commercial about, I don't know, like McDonald's. They gave him his whole fucking meal. Now, J. Cole, remember, it's 2021. Cole dropped an album, right? Yeah, he did. Cole is one of those people, always got a solid tour. By the way, he went on tour, I believe, with 21 Savage, and they had, like, Drewski, like, you know, just fucking telling jokes in between the shit. But Cole is somebody who's always on this list because he wanted a minimalist. You know what I mean? Like, that whole, like, you know, I write the shit, I produce it, this and third. There's barely any splits. So, like, you know what I mean? If Cole's album made $20 million, he probably take it home. You know, he probably got a favorable deal with his label now. Probably taking home a, I don't know, got to be like $13, 14000000 million. Then he goes on tour, take home another 10 12 I see how that number makes sense. Eminem with $28 million. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even remember what projects Eminem dropped. But, like, fuck. Eminem, $28 million. You know, I'm the pocket watcher, like, expert. But I got to be honest, Eminem making $28 million, I got to believe a lot of that is off back catalog. I don't think Shady. I know he owns Shady Records. But who the fuck is on Shady? Wait, are those Griselda dudes still on there? Who the fuck is on Shady? I don't know. 
And by the way, whoever is gonna take this, who's on shady, don't start beef with me. Okay, I'm not. I'm not about to do it, bro. I just don't know. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we got Khaled at thirty five million. Khaled always surprises me, but Khaled's also one of the niggas who have been the chosen ones too. I thought right around that time when the whole Snapchat shit popped off of Khaled, he became one of the, and when I mean the chosen ones, like the quote-unquote edgy but safe chosen ones. Like you're never going to see NBA Youngboy up here, okay? You're never going to see money back, yo. And, and, and I don't mean like they won't make this money. They won't be the chosen ones who you're like, how did they make that money? Like, for them niggas, they're going to have to drop a million projects to make that money. <laughs> you get me? While Khaled will probably be in a Beats commercial. He'll probably be in, in a motherfucking Douce commercial. Like, you know, he's kind of, he's accepted. He's, he's like one of the faces that you could fucking market everywhere. Travis Scott, I told you, the motherfucker got his own, like, meal. Which also, like, I'm wondering how much of this... So, Travis Scott is number 60, made 38 million. I wonder how much is before the whole thing that happened with his um, uh, 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 World Fest and how much is after. Like, I think this list goes from, like... It doesn't go from January to December. It kind of goes from, like, October-ish to, like, September. Or it might go from, like, I don't know, like... January to Feb. I don't know what it is, but like they just publish it now. Uh, they probably put it like on the page. Anyway, Travis Scott, I understand. Wiz Khalifa, he always confuses me a little bit just because like for the money he makes, we're either thinking it's off some some of these old ass like huge songs he's has. Like hasn't he, didn't he have a song like Fast and Fucking Furious, my nigga? Like he's had some songs that like, you know, we all kind of know, but like it hasn't penetrated and done the work in like, you know, hip hop. And I think that's why people are always confused by Wiz Khalifa. They're like, how is he making so much money? But he's not fucking, you know what I mean? We're not thinking about his music constantly in hip-hop. And I think he's one of those cool people. And this is why he's on a Snoop Dogg trajectory. Bro, he gave up that whole shit of, like, the hood loving him a long time ago. Like, he, he said, fuck that shit. That nigga, he gave up on that bullshit. Like, yo, I'm cooling. Fuck are y'all thinking about? I'm chilling. I see him doing festivals. I see him doing whatever. He probably selling some CBD, some weed, some Reggie. I mean, whatever he's selling, man. But he probably, he doing his thing. I, it just wouldn't be on my radar. So I can't even, like, criticize that amount. Now, Drake doing 50 million. I'm going to be honest. This shocked me. Drake having a really successful year. He dropped, he dropped a decent amount of music. Right? 2021. Right? Dropped a decent amount of music. Did he drop two projects or was it one? Maybe it was just one. I think the Dark Lane demos came out in 2020. Didn't really go on a big tour. He didn't really have a tour, but it was, remember, it's quarantine. But one of the things that I think, you know, and Drake reacted to this shit too. Let me see if I could fucking pull up his reaction to this shit. This nigga Drake was not going. Um... I'll pull it up later. But he basically put the, the, the laugh emoji. The reason why Drake's shit always, like, you know, surprises me is because it's clear even Forbes look at Drake just like he's only a rapper. Like, they don't look at him for any other ventures. They look at him like he's just a rapper. You get me? Like, Drake, to me, Drake is, like, Drake's money compared to Cole. Like, what do we know Cole for? We only know Cole for music, right? For Drake to only be two times... 
or bringing in two times the amount of income as, as Cole, I got to imagine they think that this thing only does music. And I think this is where we kind of think about, like, is it wasted influence by Drake that, you know I mean? I see him trying to pop off some shit called Nocta. Like, I think that's some collab with Nike. But there's no, like, you know, like, Rockefeller just had, like, a distinct, like, that's Jay-Z and that's culture and that's this. But when it comes to, like, you know, Drake, it's kind of like, we see some of these collabs, but we don't really, like, quantify it. Like, we know Kanye got Yeezy, right? He got Yeezy with the Gap, Balenciaga. But Drake, we just kind of look at and be like, eh. Now, I think this is why Drake probably, like, you know, scoffed at this because I think, you know, I think he made way more. I just don't think there's nothing identifiable in culture that makes people think that he made more. Now, now Diddy making $75 million, we don't even need to go over Diddy finances. Like, Diddy got a lot of shit going on. Like, he's probably, I think if Diddy just went and just, like, chilled out on Star Island in Miami and didn't move a fucking muscle, I still think he's going to pull at least $40 million. Like, Diddy's just a brand, and this is what I kind of try to aspire to be. That even if you're not operating on full cylinders, or even if, like, this year might be a rebuild year or you're, it's a rebound year, you're still going to be pulling just ridiculous amounts of money. You know, one thing this thing doesn't take into account, though, which, which I'll say, is that when it comes to Diddy and it comes to Jay-Z and Kanye, I wonder how they break down their... Um, how do you break down these motherfuckers, you know, um, income versus what their, like, liabilities or their bills are? Like, Diddy runs Revolt. Diddy runs a record label. Is he in the green or in the black or whatever you call it? Is he in the black or he's in the red? Is Diddy profitable? Because we could say, like, you know what I mean? Diddy could make, and that's what most people do. Like, you know, you could make, 15 billion, but if your your bills were 16 billion, do people care? Or like, you know what I mean? We only care about what you brought in. Because I kind of feel like that 75 million might be a little bit low, but I can't believe that that's only the fucking I think that's his profit. It has to be. Now Kanye West with the 250 million. I'm surprised Ye ain't even saying nothing about this. And the only reason why I'm gonna say I'm surprised he ain't saying nothing about it is because motherfucking Ye, like Ye is so money obsessed, it's ridiculous. The mere fact that he put Kanye, no, no, well, he's here. Kanye put Jay-Z, Kim, Drake, Travis Scott. I think he might have put Stormy and Northwest and the rest of them. <laughs> when I mean the rest of them, like anybody he knows in a group text and says, I'm worth more than all y'all combined, just tells me that Kanye's been drunk off this billionaire s s serum for the last motherfucking at least three years. Which, you know, he's touting that he's worth $10 million. Um, 250 I think that's a great take-home. But, you know, I, like, I'm wondering what the real numbers are with Kanye. Because I think, I don't think they're ever represented right. You know what I mean? I don't know how his business, yo, I hear some of the most ridiculous stuff about Kanye. Like, literally, I hear Kanye's a guy, right? Like, for example... Kanye's going to, uh, uh, and this is what I heard, right? So Kanye is driving, and I don't know if you're a billionaire why you're driving, but it's Kanye, he does what he wants. Runs out of gas. He calls WAC 100, right? No, no, oh, no, no. WAC 100 was driving by, sees him, sees him realizes Kanye, which is so ironic, right? 
He goes to get gas for Kanye West. Kanye's sitting there. Like, he didn't call AAA, didn't call, like, his million chauffeurs and assistants and all these other people who he pays. And basically, Wack goes to go get him some gas. Wack goes to get some gas. He's filling up his gas tank. Kanye supposedly had to go to, like, motherfucking, I forget it was, like, Dubai or somewhere overseas, maybe Paris or some shit, like, you know, like, the next day or some shit like that, or later that day, right? Kanye says to Wack, yo, listen, man, yo, you want to hop in a car? Yo, bro, just hop in a car. You could come to fucking Paris with me. Like, just like that, right? Who? Wack is like, you know what I mean? Because first of all, it's Kanye West, right? Like, you know, it's hard to say no, especially if he's asking you to your face, right? Cool, Wack is like, all right, you know, bro, we can, we can see what's up. I hear Kanye West sees two other motherfuckers, and I don't know where he saw them. I don't think he's at the same site where this the car thing happened. I hear Kanye West literally looks at the, like, it was two dudes who kind of, like, did something for him, or, like, you know, the, I forgot how they helped him out. And Kanye West looks at the two dudes and, and says, yo, do y'all want to get on this private jet right now? We're going to, like, Whatever it was, Paris or Dubai, wherever it was. And just like that, two fucking strangers, he just throws on the fucking private jet. They head to, they head to Europe. Now, I'm just kind of showcasing this because I've just heard either Kanye is just so rich he doesn't give a fuck. And what, I'm, what I mean by that, too, is like Kanye mentioned it, too. I think he mentioned it. I think he maybe in his Drink Champs interview. I hear Kanye West is meeting motherfuckers and like, a motherfucker might help him do something, and Kanye might just be like, yo, yo, call this number and just tell him how much you want to get a year. You work for me. You work for Yeezy. And that's it. And Kanye don't see that nigga again. Like, there's no job description. There's no show up to here. There's no nothing. Call this number. Tell them how much you want to get paid a year, and you work for me. And I think that's just off of the luxury of him being able to say, yo, nigga, I just want to be able to tell somebody, like, yo, Whenever I, whenever I call that person, they know they work for me exclusively and they do whatever I say. Which, obviously, in the billionaire sense, that's so fucking dope. That just sounds lit. But, like, is that a good business model? Not saying that, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's Kanye West. You know, he says he worth $10 billion, But, goddamn it, if you just, if you just meet random people and be like, yo, you get a $200,000 job, just call this and I'm going to pay you a year. What the fuck? Crazy. But... I hear Kanye West operates how he operates. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how chaotic it is for him to, like, balance all those situations. You know, being with Fabio Forty was just telling me how that nigga records, and that shit just seems chaotic. But also seeing how he hires people, pays people, you know what I mean? Like, imagine having no fucking skill, but you helped him out, and you're not getting paid, like, a quarter million a year just because it's yay. But I also do hear on the flip side, to keep it fair, I hear, yay, if, like, I don't know, if you overcomplicate shit, if you're wasteful and he sees it, it's all about if he sees it or experiences it, he fires you immediately. You're done. He likes simplistic, non-complicated shit, which is, you know, I think it's an interesting way. I think he's living his life like he's, you know what I mean, pretty much the rap Elon Musk. Anyway, Jay-Z at 470, I think Jay-Z liquidated a couple of companies. I think, you know, he really got some bread. But, you know, we're seeing Jay-Z just kind of keep leading the culture. You know what I mean? Obviously, put together that Super Bowl performance, which was pretty dope. I think he's doing good. I think, oh, didn't he liquidate title, part of it? I think the whole thing, he sold that shit to, like, Sprint. But, like, he's still on there. Like, he's still on the board, and he's still blah, blah. And it wasn't Sprint. It wasn't Sprint. It was uh, to Square. To Square. Salute to Jack Dorsey. Anyway. um, I forgot what I was going to get into. What the hell was I going to get into? It was on my mind the whole time. I hate when I forget shit. 
Um, uh, oh, this is what I wanted to find. So, and by the way, baby, listen, man, yo, the baby. I was trying to get you on here, man. You got to get on off the record, brother. But anyway, the baby was on the Breakfast Club recently. And he was talking about, yo, the baby's so hilarious, man. This guy's made for TV. Fucking made for TV. Like, this guy's an actor. You know how they say Drake is an actor? They used to knock Drake for like, oh, like he seems like like he just seems like an actor. But they were just trying to knock him. They really just wanted to call Drake pussy. Because to me, the baby's a bigger actor than, 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 than Drake. And what I mean by that, it's not being fake. It's like the guy's just made for TV. Like in every situation, he acts perfect. But nobody says that because you know why? He's a real nigga. The real nigga checkbox absorbs you from mad shit. Listen to him talking about giving his baby mama's brother a severe case of the beats. Listen to this bullshit right here. Even in, in, in California recently at the Super Bowl, you got into an incident mm-hmm. and people saying it's self-defense, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody, incident got into me. You said the incident got into me. On online For, and um, pulled up to a place that you were. I was, and then, no. look, look, my nigga is such a great actor. He's playing out his defense in court, but on the radio. I've never seen somebody more media trained. I've, yo, we got to be honest about it, baby. I've never seen so somebody so prepared. He, for every incident, he always got it taped. He always got the best angle. Like literally, the niggas who work for him are better than the niggas at TMZ. He got the best angle. Everything is always filmed. It always ends in his favor. He says the right thing. He does the right thing. He doesn't do too much. And shit, I'm blurry over here. God damn, hold up. Let me play this, though. What happened in the end? Because now I hear that he's suing you for it. Yeah, man. I don't know how the world worked today. Um, you feel me? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm still scared of that situation now. <laughs> you sound so scared. I it was going to be rough for me, so I don't really want to speak on that. <laughs> no, he told you that you couldn't come to come to LA. Say it was on site when he see you. I stayed away from LA for some months. <laughs> he said I stayed away from LA. So if you don't know, you saw about Danny Lay's brother Brandon Bills, who basically said it was on site for him, right? So clearly the dude is suing now, right? So now the baby got to act like he was just scared for his life. Now keep in mind, in the video, the baby hooks off on him, hit that nigga with a you know what I mean, just violates him, but. The baby is playing it according to the legal plan. I was scared for my life. He told me don't come to L.A. I like I, I avoided L.A., but I was forced. I was forced to go to L.A. to work. And I see the guy who's been threatening my life. <laughs> I seen him. I had no choice. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Still a slippery slope because, nigga, you know, like, the whole thing about scared for your life is if you're putting in a situation you can't avoid. Okay, cool. You socked him out one time. Nigga, you continue to throw that nigga up and down the fucking uh, 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 the, the fucking um, lane like he was a gutter ball. Like, come on, nigga. I don't know if you're going to pass for this, but he's playing it perfectly. Got to keep it on it. Well, thank God. Well, I sure and hope I don't got to run into him again. No, <laughs> He said, I sure hope I don't got to run into him. Yo, the baby is a jokester. Do y'all hear this guy? 
PTSD is real. No, for real. He's telling the truth. By the way, also about money, not to go back to that, the baby also said in the same interview, he lost out on $30 million by the whole cancellation shit when he went on, you know, Rolling Loud and he made that, like, you know, that statement or that slur that people was like, oh, my God, blah, blah. He said all the cancel shows he was supposed to do was basically him losing $30 million because he was going to headline a bunch of them. And he says for every show, he's going to get 400 500000 That's what I'm saying about, like, I believe there's more money in music. You know, live performances these days, like, has completely changed the scope of the game. You get me? Like... I know Tupac wasn't alive that long, you know, while, you know, his career was, like, at that apex. But, like, think about some of the crowds that now hip-hop pulls. Like, you go to Rolling Loud, there's, like, 200,000 people, 200, people who probably book. I know it's a festival, but the headliners are going to get most of the cheese. So, like... These dudes, and I think festivals really helped it. There's way more money in live shows. And you know why? It's because the audience of hip-hop got bigger. Y'all go back and I listen, I watch a lot of those, you know, hip-hop concerts from the 90s, and there's a lot of black and brown people up in there. There's some white people, of course. But, like, you know, I was watching, you know, Tupac and House of Blues, a lot of niggas. These days, hip-hop is so, like, you know, globalized. It's the biggest genre. So, like, you look now, bro, some of the people, like, if I showed you a, a picture of Rolling Loud fucking, like, audience, like, I just took a snapshot of it, and, and I asked you, like, 10 years ago, where do you think this is at? You'd probably be like, oh, this is some EDC, this is, like, some electronic-type shit. No, hip-hop these days is pulling the biggest, the, the, the biggest um, crowds. Everybody wants to see Lil Baby these days. Like, shit, you know what I mean? Shit, I was kind of proven wrong with the... Lil Baby and Lil Dirk went on, on an arena tour, which it was frowned upon. Everybody, uh, Pete called me on my phone directly and said, yo, act, you were right to a certain extent. They told us, don't do the show, don't do the, don't do the, the tour. Two gangster rappers can't sell it out, but the audience of hip-hop is bigger these days. I think people are realizing it. Now, if you're relevant, nobody cares about you. But, like, you know what I mean? If you're in the mix, whatever, whatever, people are realizing there's more and more people you can pull out. There's a lot more kids that is down to go, all, go to these things. There's a lot more of the new generation who aren't just inner city community people who will go to many different shows. So, you know what I mean? I think it's expanding. That's why I think these rappers are getting paid so much for their shows. I mean, didn't Cardi B said she's getting $1.5 million a show? Just think about it. I was hearing the game on, um, the game was on, on Drink Champs, and he's talking about, uh, uh, 50 at his peak and what 50 was getting per show. He said 50 was getting like 1.5 and 50 would, you know, probably keep like a million and give like, you know, the game would get like 150. He would give like another nigga 100. You know what I mean? Like, and that's how it's was busting down. But the, the whole point isn't about who was getting what. The point is that 50 at his fucking peak. Nigga who went diamond in the club, candy shop, amusement park, or like group albums, G-Unit, the San third was bringing a whole group on fucking tour and getting 1.5 million. Cardi B, who hasn't dropped an album in years, is still getting 
offers for, to get booked for over $1.5 million. Same thing. And again, is Cardi hotter than 50 then? Fuck no. But I do think there's a commercial and global appeal of artists these days. And the audiences have been more open. And there's you're getting bigger audiences to some of these festivals and concerts that these people are, are, are being performing, performing at. So that's what it is. Anyway, salute to the baby, man. Uh, there's another slide. What was this? The way I rock behind kids or whatever, like, I don't, you feel me? That ain't, that ain't the way we play. Like, I'm not finna play with nothing tied to, you see what I'm saying? My kid, that ain't the way we rock, you know? Because you gotta fix that yeah. just because you, Yeah, my side, my side wouldn't, we, we don't rock like that. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We don't rock like that. Right. We don't rock like that at all. Because that Charlie is. Charlie could call my mama now. And yeah, and my mama do whatever for sure right now. Okay, that's important. You see what I'm saying? Like, this how we rock, you know? You know, so I don't know nothing about that. And I don't really care to, you know, I ain't passing judgment on nobody. But, you know, that, that should have been intervened over there on. Now, I'll agree with him. You know how much of a family strain that's going to cause? Y'all have a daughter, you and Danny Lay, and you literally had to beat the brakes. Like, he beat the nigga out of three different outfits. He gave that nigga an outfit change three times. The nigga had a puffy jacket, a turtleneck, and a wife beater. And by the time the beats got delivered, that nigga didn't have a shirt on. Never seen that shit before. The nigga beat. You ever seen a nigga get beat out of a wife beater? The only nigga who I can remember in recent history is Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs got beat in Prime 112. I'm hearing they put the nigga's face to a drywall. So I'm saying it's that level. Of the beats. But after that type of beatdown, man, Thanksgiving can't be that cool. <laughs> like, I don't think the baby could be just kicking it casually around family like that. That's why I think he's talking about Danny Lay. Maybe not her, but somebody on that side should have told the brother, like, bro, you can't pull up to beat up my baby daddy or the baby. You got to chill. You got to handle it in a different way. Even if you think the way he was handling Danny Lay was disrespectful. I'm just saying. On that side, like, I don't know what, I don't know who you think. My, I don't know what you think. Mm -hmm. Do what the last name is. You get what I'm saying? But it ain't, you know, you see somebody say, hey, what you doing? Like, mm -hmm. You feel me? Because while you doing that, I'm right here. Mm -hmm. Training now. Hurt me, but I was so scared. I was just hoping I am a baby with me. <laughs> yeah, this guy's a guy's a fucking comedian. Yo, I do want to just one more thing. Yo, let me tell you this, man. I'm gonna probably get into this a little bit more because I got a story about a crazy man. You feel me? And um, if you don't know, Blueface got this artist. Her name is Chris Sean Rock. Let me know if y'all want her on the podcast. She kind of expressed some interest. She's down to get on the podcast. She said, Yo, act, I wasn't toting and slanging no fucking crack. You know what I mean? She wants to talk about her relationship with Blueface, her career as an artist. Yes, yeah, she, she, she says she's an artist. And she wants to talk about, you know, what led to the situations of her getting arrested in his G-Wagon like 2,000 miles away and the alleged, you know, illicit substance that was in the vehicle. Anyway, what she did recently, I won't even, like, slide forward that y'all can see it, but she's tatted this nigga's name before, right? He clearly hasn't fucked with her in a while. Like, he kind of even, like... I pretty much, you know, dissed her recently because he said he was trying to get her not locked up, but he said she crazy, right? Now, this is just crazy chick moves. She got out of jail, 
and she tatted right on her like fucking groin area. She says, Jonathan's pussy. I think I can show it. Shady room wouldn't show no crazy shit. Look. Look right here. Jonathan's. Jonathan's pussy. She also said, I got it because it. I because, because it is what it is. Now, this is after she just got incarcerated. He didn't bail her out. Nothing, nothing of the sort. And like usual, people are blaming Blueface. They're telling him, yo, what did you do to this woman to have her doing this? Why did you do this to her? You ruined her life. Why are you manipulating her? Because, of course, like, you know, unfortunately, it feels like people treat a lot of women like they're kids. Like she's not grown. Like she's not of age. Like she's not over 21. And what she wants to tattoo on her body, which is this is the dualities of life. We all agree, my body, my choice. But when chicks started doing dumb shit like this, you know, they look at the dude and said, what'd you do to her? I thought it was my body, my choice. Not when they're doing dumb shit like this. So anyway, the blue face, blue face actually responded. This is what he said. I'm just trying to figure out why the is mad at me getting at me like I do tattoos or something like I'm like I'm drawing on her or something. Like, hey, she growing. That's what she want to do. Let her do it. Why y'all? Why y'all give crap so much? I worried about what a doctor's doing with their body. What era is we living in, man? Stay out of grown folks' business. Let's be clear. Blueface love that shit. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, man. Listen, Blueface is passively like co-signing this shit. Of course, he ain't. Probably, he probably definitely didn't ask her to do it. But it's one of those things where I think, you know, this is so sad about it. I think she's getting tattoos of him to try to let him know that despite the crazy shit she's done. And a lot of crazy chicks do like these extreme shit. Despite the crazy shit she's done, she's tattooing his name again. Just to let him know, hey, I still belong to you. Sounds bad, but that's what it is. It's like, it's almost kind of like, you know, repledging her loyalty because she feels like he's a motherfucker who's drunk off that loyalty pill, right? So it's like, as long as I show that I'm yours and yours only, despite me doing some really crazy shit that landed me in jail, that could have even you know, hurt you in terms of like she broke into his house. Like, I think she cut herself. She wrote some shit on a window in blood. She is basically saying, yo, check this out. I still belong to you. And she's hoping that he gives her a chance. You know, like he's not denouncing it. He's just saying, nah, let her do what she want to do. She know after that nigga, he know after after she sends sends him that picture of the tattoo, he gonna hit the double tap. He gonna like it. He might not encourage her to do it, but you know what I mean. It makes him feel good, and I think that's why you know this relationship is toxic. That's the only thing about like you know that this woman try to proclaim herself to be an artist. You can't be an artist if you're fucking the person you're signed to. You're his girl or his side chick. You're not. You're not a rapper. Your whole state. Of, of being tied to the music industry is basically based on you fucking this guy. And again, I invited her to come on here and, and I want to have a conversation with her about that. But not only just like, you know, 
I don't want to berate her about like you know what she might believe is a relationship with Blueface, but I do want to talk to her about her music and why she thinks she's serious with it when she's down to do all these dumb things chasing love. She's chasing love, not a music career, if you ask me. But I'm gonna work on getting that to happen for y'all. I got a couple guests that are coming up soon. I got a popular Twitch streamer who will be popping on very shortly. You might even see it maybe the same day as this one comes out. Um, I have a few people that have been rescheduled like a motherfucker, but we are going to get it together. I do want to say thank you guys for supporting and tuning in to Off The Record Podcast. This has been your boy, Academics, yours truly. I will see you in a couple of days, or maybe I'll see you even later today, but make sure you guys hit the notification bell here on Spotify that you can get all my posts or all my um, episodes like you know, sent straight to your phone, and you can watch it and listen instantly, okay? I'll see you guys uh, next time. I'm out of here.